you had the B-Man thing as a myth. He's a lot of bollocks. He was actually raped by wasps. Wow. Wasps that is a funny... That's a funny idea for like a superhero where the origin story is too embarrassing, where it's like <laughs> he, he got raped by a volcano and that's how he became Captain Lava. And he's like, no, actually, I didn't get raped by a volcano. It was a bunch of, uh, you know, aliens yeah. came down. And he's just constantly yeah. like has a different Every, origin yeah. story at the beginning. A shame of the hero. Knows, he knows the fucking, yeah. And this, this is other guy. Is this right fucking dickhead? He's like a, a George Washington, like um, <laughs> he's like, oh, what the fuck? Whoa, you, it's like you know, Jamie. Everett knows. Everett's seen this guy. Brennan. It's like, <laughs> it, yeah, you know, whoever he is. Yeah, but I like yeah. Everett though. Everett's a nice, funny guy. Wait, who's Ever oh C Everett Coop? Sorry, I forgot. Oh, Everett C. Coop. Ah, oh, I did it wrong. Everett right. I, I thought you did that on purpose. <laughs> Everett, yeah, it is C. Everett. Yeah. Um, yeah Everett C. I was just, I was put on the spot. I yeah, the C stands for chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Everett chicken C. Coop. Coop. Yeah. Everett C. I messed Coop. up my own joke, but it does make it funnier. It does. I it does thought it was it funny. I thought you did it on purpose. I was excited about it. How are you doing, Augie? <laughs> I'm doing great, buddy. I'm going to let you uh, do your thing. I got to get back to parenting. Uh, I love Brendan. I love Andy. RIP, man. Thank and, you so uh, much, Augie. Wait, did Andy die, Augie? Yeah. Oh, uh, and also, we need some uh, positive vibes for Louis Anderson, too. He's in trouble, guys. Louis Anderson's very sick, also. Is he uh, really? It just goes, you can do everything right. And still, <laughs> still, you can be struck. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I, uh, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. All right, thank you very much for being part of this. Thank you, Augie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can do What's another the... forty-six hours for Louis Anderson, uh, and frankly, uh, he's not as loved. I, so, I think that might have been a bit. Oh. I'm not sure though. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm never sure with any of you fucking guys. To be honest with you, um, you're going to Austin to do a live podcast there. Is that correct? We lost your mic. That's a great You doused our mic. Yeah, it worked for a bit. The question that broke it. Um, am I stuck? Hello, you don't come stuck? back in a sec. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on. Ever, ever Did you get that question? Can you hear me, Brendan? Can you hear me all right? Yes. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. So uh, you, you're Brendan? taking the podcast to, to and doing it live in Austin. Do I have that correct? Yeah, we're going to Austin. Uh, yeah, we're doing a show in Austin. I, I mean, we're going to Austin just for a uh, like a visit situation and a possible scope out houses or whatever. But yeah, we're going to do a uh, a live show February 20th at the Vulcan Gas Company in austin do you plan that stuff out like a production like a theater production because you got so much going on for you when you do that show with like visual and guns and and all sorts of craziness going on is that a planned production or are you just gonna go up there and and wing it i have a feeling sorry i'm super congested too i've had uh hear that you're not got cold mask on please uh, who knows um no i don't it's not it's not covid as far as I can tell, uh, um, 
It's not. I, I got tested. Not that it really matters. I got a $14 haircut today, though. Um, okay. Yeah, it's not bad for 14 bucks. Uh, I, you know what? It'll be, it'll be a good live show. I, I think that, you know, I have some big plans and the way things usually go is, uh, a lot of it'll be, we'll just be winging it. Wow. Sweet. Interesting stuff. Cause I, I it's like your stand up now is including parts of what you developed on that show, which is basically pranking phone calls, right? Well, yeah, and you know, it's interesting not to be, I don't know the level of uh, how silly we're all being here. Um, we can be as silly as you want. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, like, before, you know, like, I, I've had a couple podcasts before World Record that, you know, phone calls were were uh, a big part of it, of those. And uh, I had one called Do You Know Who Jason Siegel Is, where we would just call people and ask them <laughs> if they knew who Jason Siegel is. And uh, and then before that was the Bone Zone, which spawned the Jason Siegel thing. But before COVID and everything, I did. Neil Hamburger does a, a monthly show in uh, in Los Angeles, and I, I you know I would do it fairly regularly, um, not every month, but you know every few months or whatever he'd ask me. And I, I had to do a, a show for him and I didn't have like, I don't know. I felt like the, the bits that I liked, I had done on the last show a couple months beforehand. And, um, and, uh, I, I was like, you know, I, I just kind of want to do either way. I did some crank phone calls on stage. I was like, you know, that's kind of what I like doing. And, uh, I've never seen anybody do like live crank calls on stage. never never and um it was the best experience i ever had on stage because i did a yeah i did some jokes i think and then did, oh i did this really long bit that kind of goes nowhere where i i do i talk about how there's a um this uh the the seafood guy at the grocery store that i go to the guy that works at the seafood department also has a pet fish did i already do this on your podcast did i already no 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 um so i say the seafood the guy that works at the seafood department at the grocery store also has a pet fish so the whole bit is like so dave and his name's dave and his fish is named steve or whatever and it's like how do you care for a fish while you murder fish all day and like you know when you go home to steve does he know and then i'm like oh no wait the fish is named steve and the guy's named dave and and then i like it just it's just like one of those meandering dumb like goes nowhere wasting the audience time bit so then i call the grocery store that i'm talking about which was like you know in the neighborhood of where the show was and then and i basically just do the bit again for the guy who answers the phone at the grocery store i'm like oh you know the guy steve who works in the seafood department he has a fish named dave or i mean dave that worked and so uh so everybody kind of got a kick out of that and then um i think i made another call oh i called the club where the show was and did kind of like a fake phony phone call. You know, it was like, oh, did you know I'm on stage right now or whatever? And uh, <laughs> and then I said, okay, well, let me, you know, I have this crazy idea. Let me just try it. And I called, um, and this was like an on running, a, a running bit from the old podcast, The Bone Zone. I call, I, I, I made a phone call and um, my wife answers the phone and she says, Los Angeles Children's Hospital. 
And I say, is this the Los Angeles Children's Hospital? And she says, yeah, can I help you? This is the Children's Hospital. And I say, well, and, and there's already everybody in the room is like, you know, there's a good 200 people maybe. And they're just kind of like, no, what the fuck is going on? Uh, this is not, what are you doing? This guy's an idiot. And, uh, and I say, oh, so you're a children's hospital, so you don't have to worry about shaving any pubes off of, you know, when you do surgery or whatever. And she's like, she's like, uh, you know, sir, I don't know what you're, you know, this is the children's, what are you talking about? And everybody in the audience is like, no, what do you, no, no, no. And I say, okay, well, all right. And they like, obviously want me to stop. So I say, okay, I don't, uh. Well, there's a bomb. There's a bomb in the children's hospital. I planted a bomb in there, and I hang up. And the uh, <clears throat> the energy in the room was, I mean, everybody wanted to. I like. I never felt so much like shock and anger. Not even anger. Like I was like, oh my god, everybody hates me here. And I go, what? It's a joke. Like, come on, nobody's gonna. Who would do that? Like the cops aren't going to come. Come on. And I, but I did feel like somebody was going to kind of do something like people kind of, I, it was like audible, like what the fuck? What is he? No. Like, and people just feeling like they're like implicated it, you know, that they're, you know, they're like, we're all going to get in trouble for this too. Like there's going to be a lynch mob outside the club waiting for you. To well, get so everybody's like concerned that they're like, oh, are we going to get in trouble for letting this happen? And and, uh, and so I say, okay, listen, I'm like, okay, calm down. I'll call her back. I'll call them back. And, you know, I'll tell her it was a joke or whatever. And I really was like, I hope nothing gets messed up on this callback because there was, I really feel like something's going to happen. And I call her back and she's fake crying. And the, the audience is like, oh, see you what the fuck like it's still <laughs> and i'm like hey it's me again uh and there's not a bomb i'm a comedian i'm doing a show at the satellite and i like you know and she's like well it's a joke what's so funny about that and i'm like look i'm sorry <laughs> could i make it up to you um you know how about i take you to dinner somewhere or whatever <laughs> and she pauses and she goes uh well where would we go and <laughs> at that moment, the audience realized that they had been had. And the tension release in the room was just really the most cathartic thing that I've ever experienced on stage. To have everybody losing their minds, thinking they're going to get in trouble, thinking that I'm a complete psychopath. And Which then realizing like, oh... He was yeah. fucking with us. And, <laughs> and then just like, and then, you know, yeah. we had conversations, you know, then we just kind of kept talking about Game of Thrones, which was on at the time. <laughs> and, uh, and so that I was like, you know, that was great. That's, I think I want to start doing something more like that on stage. And then, you know, that was like, that was pretty, you know, I started a, a show, a, a monthly show at a bar in my neighborhood called Afternoon Delight, where I would have comedians on to do like a 10 minute set. And then we would, they would sit down with me. Like I'd be, I was sitting at a desk next to the, you know, where they would perform. And uh, then they would come over and we'd talk and then we would make some phone calls together, crank calls. Uh, so I was kind of like heading in that, I don't know, I've been kind of, uh, you know, wanting to just do something different 
on stage. Like I was kind of getting sick of hearing myself talk and like, I don't have, I don't know. I didn't have, I wasn't really doing my, um, I don't know. I wasn't really having as much fun with what I was doing on stage as I thought I should be. And then, uh, you know, then, then all the COVID stuff happened and, uh, and then uh, a, a few months ago, uh, uh, Stan Hope was on tour. Just click those ice cubes as much as you need to. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. And, uh, but Doug, you know, I was kind of, um, I, I, you know, I was having. It, it, it's interesting, and I don't know what you know. I, I'm being boring, which is what. No, I you're not. Yeah. No, it, I love it. Go on. Having, yeah, yeah. Um, having a year off of stand up was you know it was really good in the sense that like once you get caught up in the whole thing of like working as a comic or whatever like you never really i mean i had some nights in hotel rooms where i was like do i want to be doing this fucking shit like this sucks you know i had like i'm in an awful place in front of awful people and i'm doing my awful comedy and it is no reward anywhere and uh but i had you know a bunch of gigs booked for the rest of the year. And so it's like, okay, well, yeah, you can think about that in the hotel room, but you know, you have to pay rent and you have to go to fucking wherever. Uh, so having that forced time off where it's like, I haven't, you know, in however long, 15 years had a whole, you know, more than a week without doing stand up. Um, really gave me that time to reflect on like, wait, what do I want to do with this? Like, you know, you get caught up in the doing your set and doing, you know, just kind of doing what you're already doing. And then just building on that instead of thinking like, well, wait, what, what if I just got rid of all that and kind of just really thought about what I wanted to do. And I was, and so I was thinking like, you know, if I do go back to it, cause I really wasn't missing it as much as like some people were like, Oh man, I fucking, Oh, I haven't been to the comedy store in fucking two months. I don't know what to do with my life now. My artistic bird must fly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I really wasn't like, I was like, you know what? I don't, I'm not like dying to get on stage. And frankly, leading up to COVID, I'd say more times than not when I was like driving to the improv or, anywhere to go do a set you know one of those 10 minute sets around town i wasn't excited in my car driving i'd be like ah fuck i gotta drive to the fucking comedy store and i gotta drive to some bar and and whatever it's not you know i'm not saying it was bad i and and i would have fun when i went there and when i would go do the shows and stuff but um you know i i i was like uh maybe i don't need to do it and maybe i should just you know focus on something else and uh but if i do want to do it you know i should you know i was thinking about the the stuff i was doing right before covid and i was like well you know i should kind of like doing 10 minute sets i'm like i don't want to fucking do that shit anymore i don't want to go to the improv to do a 10 minute set i'm not trying to be discovered um you know pretty much everybody knows i exist or, or you know whatever in the business or whatever i'm not gonna get new faces i'm not gonna uh you know i've already whatever nobody i already everybody already knows they don't want me 
So, you know, doing a, <laughs> doing a 10 minute set isn't going to be like, wait a minute, this guy's great now. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know, I just want to kind of do a full show and incorporate the phone calls and uh, just kind of do like a less prepared kind of like fun thing, but have these anchors of the phone calls where, yeah, you know, you could have a devastatingly bad night where just everything sucks, but the good nights are going to outweigh the bad nights. And then uh, Stanhope called me in... um, I don't know what it was like in October or something, September maybe, and was like, "Hey, are you do still doing stand up?" And I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Well, I'm in San Francisco, and I need an opener. So if you want to do the shows, come up and do the shows." And it's you know, it's a five hour, six hour drive. And I was like, "Well, you know, maybe that's." It, it was really kind of like the universe serving this up on a platter, saying, "Well, if you want to try out all this." new weird shit and fly by the seat of your pants there's not a better testing ground than opening for doug in san francisco i love san francisco that san francisco is like my favorite place to perform it's just it's the best i love san francisco i love performing there they have great crowds and then also doug's crowd who a portion of them are going to already have heard my name at least from you know Stanhope stories and stuff so i'm already gonna have a pass of like okay well this guy i i heard this guy's funny or whatever yeah. so even though i was brought up as the b-man and wearing the full b-man yeah. uh outfit <laughs> the um, yeah but you know it was really like if i said no to driving up to san francisco to do those shows i was saying no to doing stand-up anymore and yeah yeah and I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And if I don't like it, that's a good, this is a good place to see if I want to do this anymore. And, and you know, and it was really fun. And uh, the shows were great. I mean, granted, I only had to do like 25 minutes in front of Doug, but easily could have stretched those sets into a 45-minute set uh, because yeah. there's the, so, you know, I have my sound uh, or my mixer up there with the voice effects and, you know, all the things that I avoided starting stand up with like bells and whistles and, you know, whatever, where it's like, no, you just want to like be real and like no fucking, you know. And now I'm like, oh, that's all it is. That's what success is, is like it's all bells and whistles and like whatever works, if you like it, you know, it's like nobody who roll you think fucking, is. Yeah, roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I if I may, as a fan, and I, please don't be offended at this in, in any way, but I feel like stand-up is a waste of your talent uh, because I think your greatest talent is all this uh, comedic um, mind play, this this idea of that you pulled the prank on, on that audience, but you do it in a, when you take it to, like podcasting, every comedian is doing this sit-around-the-table bullshit, get it's drunk, unique. talk yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you yeah. you come with with this creative uh, energy of something new, creating B man out of that's your greatest uh, comedic skill, I think, and that's something that nobody else offers. So when you talk about being uh, discovered, I don't think enough people have discovered that part of you. Yeah. you know, from the George Washington to the uh, Renee <laughs> Fabergé, all of that stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, can, Renee can Fabergé is going to have another. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm doing. There's no, no, go, no, no, go. Uh, stuff no, go, 
Go on, I'll ask a question in a sec. You go for it, Everett. You fire Oh, no, I was, I was just saying the, uh, yeah. there's some new Rene Fabergé stuff in the works that I'm excited about. Nice. Good. Yeah. So, um, the A-Train slash Hellman, that, that, that's your wife, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so did you two, like, work together before um, the B-Man stuff? Because you two, uh, she's your wife, so obviously naturally you love each other. You get, you got a good relationship and a good bond. But you two together, when you do the podcast, is fucking, like... It's like unmarriageable. Do you know what I mean? It's just fucking, it, it's almost like separated. But you two got this, it's like fucking. I can't yeah. believe she lets you be you because my wife would kill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's there's incredible. a reason I didn't, you know, when I knocked her up, I didn't tell her to get an abortion. You know, I was yeah. like, well, you know what? We've been around yeah. each other long enough. And I feel well, like we well, get along. Express love. <laughs> but you, you two on the podcast together, it's like the, the chemistry is fucking like, it's almost like fucking chill, like best friends just getting together, just doing whatever. Do you know what I mean? Just literally dicking yeah. around, pissing around. It's fucking hilarious. And it works so well. It, naturally, you've got that fucking great bond as well. But it does have this childish, childhood friendship vibe going on. It's just like whatever says goes. And it... Jamie hates his wife. <laughs> well, well, like I. I had two kids with her, so same as same as you know, um, Everett. Yeah. I, I didn't make again an abortion. I had a vasectomy two kids later, but yeah, okay. You know. But no, we yeah, we, we get on great as well. And you and you and Hellman fucking slash A Train, th yeah. th this thing you do on the podcast is, is is incredible. This whole chemistry thing is it's almost like separated from your your marriage. Your personal life is just fucking out there, and this fucking yeah. podcast you got going is just like it works, man. It's fucking incredible. Thanks, so, I appreciate like, well, it. And if I can go back to blowing smoke up your ass, um, <laughs> and, 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 but it's sincere. It's this idea of the stuff you create is the stuff I think, like a B-Man movie, but marketing is everything and getting it exposed yeah. because I think a lot of the stuff that you're doing is comic genius. That Again, and I know I'm blowing smoke here, but it's sincere no, that nobody, <laughs> nobody else is doing that kind of a really creative approach to comedy at all everybody is coming in saying well this is how you do it and you do stand-up and and i love stand-up comedy but uh there there's so much more you can do with it and you yeah. you're open to creative ideas and stuff just Pushing getting the boundaries, that i think yeah, yeah it's be man the movie thanks guys well let's you know let's try to get some people to listen to the podcast first baby steps yeah uh, <laughs> before i try to make a movie about something nobody gives a shit about already I, yeah, because no, nobody's seen it enough. It hasn't been exposed, and I think this, there's got to be a marketing angle to get this in front of people more. I was um, uh, I was playing yeah, well, the. Let's um, figure it out. Is anybody watching right now? Let's. I, I was playing expert. one of the episodes not so long ago. I was in the kitchen, and the kids walked in. It was the one where you had the Josh, you had Josh Gad, sorry, Josh Gad, <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. and it, it was like kids. This is um Josh Gad, you know, um Olaf. And they were like, he's yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, he's on the podcast. Yeah. Why is he giving straightforward, boring answers all the time for? It's like, well, it's just yeah. him. He's just a boring guy. Just listen. Yeah. Learn. Where, <laughs> I really screwed up with Henry Phillips, but I, I wanted to bring up Henry Phillips because I saw you in that. You're playing a photographer in the uh, <laughs> Highwayman thing. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, 
that was uh, a, a different kind of view than I was because it was, you know, even though I know obviously you're following the script, it's like I expect you to be the one to kind of, um, I don't know, get in the guy's ass and like not be not be casting that role of the guy who's taking a beat and getting his camera right. off. Henry, that was Henry's thing, you know, so you just got to do what they ask you to do. <laughs> yeah. But would you would you say, uh, hey, I think I should be playing the guy who steals the camera? <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I, I, I think Henry's great and, you know, whatever oh, his, yeah. uh, you know, I, I didn't have any, I, I wasn't like, yeah, this is lame what you're doing. It's just like, Hey, whatever you're doing, I'll, I want to be a part of it. Was Henry on already today? Uh, no, he's going to be on in at 8 PM East uh, Pacific now, which is 11. He'll be on in an hour. He was supposed oh, to be on before you, um, before all the and he, he missed it. Oh yeah, that'll happen with Henry. Fucking uh, time zones will screw people up. Which is, I I want to be on one time. Can't we just have Earth have one time? We just call it the same number. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That's not. I mean, we could do away with, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Daylight savings time. Yeah, but that's fucking. It can't be the same time everywhere. Why? We that's can just call it twelve, one, that's two, three, too much. four. No, because it's going to be. It's just so different. Day like light. I don't know, but yeah, you, know what? Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm too close-minded because you know it is in Australia. Their summer is our winter, and and they're all, like all their the Christmas. It's, it's boiling hot there during Christmas. So. But they don't need daylight. They don't need extra daylight. They just need fucking just nothing. It's Australia. It's warm. They got beautiful women on the beaches. Great immigration well, policies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I like it. I thought that I was... Uh, I thought about moving there at one point. But they've got jellyfish as big as your fingernail that could kill you. Yeah, well. I guess that's, that's okay. true. But that's, 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 part of the, um, that's part of the risk factor, Carl. You know, it's like stick your dick in the ocean and if a jellyfish the size of your finger gets on there, it's, you know... <laughs> one man's so Brendan, deadly you jellyfish... You're back in love with uh, comedy again now after those shows. You're back... I wouldn't go so far as to saying that I'm back in love with it. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do want to, you know, I've been lazy with, I, I yeah, I'm, I, I just need to book more things. I mean, you know, having Doug, I mean, he didn't twist my arm, but just having him, you know, ask to do those shows was, you know, that was great. And I've talked to, I, I just have to get it off the ground with, uh, get to booking a show here where I have a whole night instead of because that's it, here it's just 10 minute sets you know mm. um, and I'm not going to lug you know it's just it's too much I have to have like internet I have to make sure everything works to do the phone calls I have to set up equipment I mean it's not well it is it, it is kind of a lot and to do that for a 10 minute set also is like well, that gives me time for one phone call, you know, that could go great or go bad. And and uh, yeah. I think, I mean, one thing, and not to, you know, blow smoke up my own ass at this point, but after doing the shows, I did shows in San Francisco and shows in Phoenix with Doug. And, you know, after each show, uh, at least a couple people came up to me after the shows and said, you know, that was great. I, I'd never seen anything like that before. And that's what um, I was like, okay, that's, 
that's something that, you know, nobody's ever said that to me before. And, and that's, you know, that's a sign that you're onto something, I think. And I'm like talking mm. about this where I've only done it, you know, like I don't even have uh, anything to like, you know, it's not yeah. like I've done it a bunch yet, but. And not every town's going to be San Francisco too, but it, it, uh, that points out. Or Stanhope crowds. But, you know, I think that it is enough with like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I was going to try and book some, uh, I tried to book some stand-up gig, uh, just one other stand-up gig in Austin, but it just kind of got to be, it was just too last minute. And, uh, but yeah, there'll be more, there'll be more of a, a B-man stand-up or some iteration of that. Maybe I won't wear the costume all the time, but, uh, I think you know the chains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I fucking love it. Yeah, can, can I ask? Do you what's like the 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 thing behind the neck brace and the fucking ties? It 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 works so good with the B man stuff. It's just like I don't know. I mean, it just, just kind of was think, an evolution of. I think I had an. I I just think like having a neck brace is like a funny. It's just a. It's just kind of a yeah. funny look. It's like a dog it's, collar or cone yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> It's almost, uh, it's almost like you read um, Stanislavski and Actor Bapiz, and you, 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 do you know Stanislavski? You know the act, all the actors shit. Like it's like yeah, I know of book, it. The method acting stuff is almost like you read the yeah. Stanislavski Actor Bapiz and thought, right, yeah, you start with the inside, <laughs> you work with the exterior, and you, it's fucking like the character is phenomenal, absolutely fucking. Like when you come onto the Dogs podcast a, a long, long time ago, and you, you. The first time I ever heard you introduce the bee man, well, what happened was I was the beehive. I, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, fuck yeah, it, it, it literally, it put layers and layers onto the, the character. And it was fucking literally like an Al Pacino fucking thing. It was like, great, this is class. <laughs> well, and when thanks, I listened man. to your podcast then, it, it built up more layers, even though it was completely fictional. But I looked at it from that perspective of, it's like a comedian, but he's putting on an act and he's acting, he's got this it's just i think it's fucking phenomenal i think it's class well we try i mean i wanted to you know people said when we started the podcast and i do have to jump off in a minute i'm actually to, to your um telling me to get out of stand up and do other things i actually signed up for a, a sketch writing class that i take every oh, thursday um he's making that up i'm not i'm not that's, yeah, I'm, it's, it's I'm actually kidding. that's 100 percent true uh <laughs> A friend of mine, yeah, we both were like, yeah, this guy's good. It's 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 actually it's in, well, I guess it's on Zoom now, so anybody in the world can do it. It's it's uh, the Pack Theater, which is a guy from UCB started. Either way, uh, if you look up the Pack Theater, it's they do all kinds of sketch writing. Ooh. And uh, but uh, um, I start, yeah, I, I do have that. Uh, um. Uh, I forget what I, where I was going. What I was. Saying. Oh yeah, with the with the podcast that people were saying like you know, you got to do video. You know, everybody does video now. You got to do video, and I was like, well, I don't want to do video. I mean, I like the audio. I like you know, I liked like Cheech and Chong albums and yeah. Bob and Doug McKenzie, and like you know, I like the you know theater of the mind, whatever. Not to sound too pretentious, but like there is a certain you know, like that Adam Sandler first album. I'm like that's audio sketches and audio stuff is different and it's a whole different thing yeah but uh you know it was kind of you know always want to get like the numbers up and stuff and like all right if we have to do a video we'll do video but i don't want to do i don't want just us sitting at a fucking wooden table 
with you know distressed wood behind us or whatever yeah you know everything and i was like well let's do something different and let's get a couple you know green screens and and then you know luckily i have a bunch of cra- you know i had the neck brace already from I'm George, George Washington. <laughs> yeah, when I was doing, I guess that started during the pandemic, just like something yeah. stupid to do. Uh, George Washington, cute. Like being a George Washington. I thought being a George Washington expert was just like, just such a funny idea to be obsessed about, just like George Washington. But then I find out it's like, oh, that's actually like, that's some people's lives. And you bet. I, I don't mean to make fun of them. I just, I find it inherently just kind of funny to. Yeah. Well, that. it's like that Kevin Costner film, you know, if you build it, they will come. And what you would, yeah. you were doing, it's you're building your thing and people will come. They'll follow you no matter what you do. And um, I'm one of them. Carl's one of them. The dog's one of them. We'll... Yeah, It is. Thanks. I mean, I, you know, it is, everything does kind of lead up. Like even, you know, sometimes I think about, not to be all philosophical and talk about myself, but the, you know, like doing stand up all this time, I do feel like things just kind of lead to other things, whether you yeah. know it or not. You know, it's like, that's oh, true. You did, yeah. let me find if you want. I just discovered, and I have oh. whatever. I mean, I'm late for this sketch class, but I didn't even really get to finish my sketch. Uh, I mean, I have it. I, I wanted to rewrite it, but I've been too busy uh, up until if you guys didn't, if I didn't have to do this shit, I, I would have rewritten it, but. I guess Andy has cancer, so what yeah. else? Yeah. How much have you guys raised any money for him uh, directly or three dollars oh, yeah, yeah. eighty? Something like that. Yeah, three pound eighty. Well, we're at the twenty three thousand six hundred thirty seven dollars. We started at twenty thousand this morning, so twenty three. Oh, but is that the that that's the GoFundMe his daughter started? Yeah. yeah. So, well, you can't take credit for that. Come on, start a start a separate thing. Uh, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Um, that's fine. But no, I, we've, had, I, we've had a few. We've had a bid on a B day that's going to be signed by Brett Erickson. Yeah, but day uh, was getting ten bucks. Guitar. Oh, that's not bad. Used by Brett Erickson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I could, if you guys want. I I don't know how this will translate, but I no, had I had a Yelp, I had a Yelp account where I would just write these uh, crazy reviews for things. Love and it. uh they wound up taking my account away and <laughs> for i don't know why because i would always give five star reviews they were just rambling <laughs> they were the reviews were just rambling it had very little to do with the business um right. and then one day it just they weren't there and then last night i was going <laughs> through my uh google docs and because I had saved, I had saved some screenshots of some of the reviews, but I was like, oh my God, I lost pretty much all those reviews. And I was going through my Google Docs and I found that I had saved, I had like 18 pages. I guess one day I was, I had the forethought to go, you know what, this might yeah. get taken down. Screenshot. Yeah. And I copied and pasted them. So yeah. if you want, I could read so yes. I could do something funny on this yes. uh, thing. <laughs> Please do. Let me read Please. one of these Yelp reviews. And um, let me find. I feel oh, like a school are. kid. I need to hear this. <laughs> I mean, they're, I, you know, and I do think that they might be better read. I feel like this is, I, after reading them, I'm like, oh, these are good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I talked about making yourself laugh. I like, I read them last night. Yeah. It was like really laughing at some of these. Um, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is like a Jack Handy book or something almost. Um, 
Okay, let me, I'll read one. I'm really, I'm really full of myself tonight. <laughs> all my, oh, then I was making crank phone calls on stage. I thought I would take it to another level. <laughs> people, I can't, people, I can't of course, separate the man from the fiction. It's class. People said, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anything. The like universe that just told Doug to give me those shows, man. Yeah, so I had to seize the moment, of course. I, I was at a crossroads in my career. I could have either stayed on the bench or stepped up to the plate. <laughs> And, you know, the rest is history, as you all know. I did two fucking dates. I did two shows. And I plan to do more maybe someday if somebody forces me to fucking do anything. Uh, so let me um, let me find. There's. I just peed myself. Uh, okay, this, this bird one. Okay, so there's one for a bird store. Let me do this. I'll do this one first. Sounds good. And then maybe I'll do another one because there is kind of a through line of the guy cheating on his wife and stuff. Okay. Pampered birds, uh, June 3rd, uh, 2018, five stars. Let me start by saying I love birds. I grew up with a parrot named Smokey who knew how to smoke cigarettes. My dad got him from the exotic bird black market back in the eighties. I guess the previous owner taught him how to do that. Everyone loved Smokey, even though he could be a jerk sometimes. But all birds are jerks sometimes. Ask anyone. Smokey, Smokey spoke some weird language that we couldn't figure out what it was. My mom would drink wine and smoke cigarettes in the kitchen while she danced around the Frank Sinatra records. Smokey would join in and squawk his head off, and my mom would give him cigarettes too. My dad fed Smokey a piece of turkey on Thanksgiving one year, and my mom was laughing so hard she couldn't breathe and knocked a bunch of stuff on the floor. <laughs> One time, my mom and Smokey were so loud dancing around in the kitchen and blaring that greasy meatball music. That's what my dad <laughs> called Frank Sinatra's music. My dad went into the garage to sleep in the car. It was winter, and my dad was drunk too, so he turned the car on to stay warm, but he left the car running and died. <sighs> Carl, are you too tired to fucking laugh at this stuff? Or no, what? I'm laughing. It's all internal, but it's real. It's just hard. either way. Either way, Smokey lived like 20 more years, and my mom is still alive and has since remarried to a guy named Vince. Me and Vince will go to the bar sometimes, and we always look the other way if one of us meets a, meets a woman and takes her somewhere to cheat on our wives with. Don't get all high and mighty because Vince is cheating on my mom, and I don't tell her. What good would it do? Vince is a man with needs, and my mom doesn't need to know what Vince gets up to at the bars. Same goes for my wife. What I do when I'm out with Vince is my business. Case closed. <laughs> that's, that's why I came to Pampered Birds to buy my wife. <laughs> being a real pain, and I kind of lost her. We got a big fight, and she was crying and everything, and she even took off her wedding ring and threw it. I can't get a divorce though because we have kids and I make a lot of money and my wife and I'm not giving and I make a lot of money and I'm not giving her my house half my stuff and cutting her a fat check every month. <laughs> You're crazy if you think she deserves that. She never worked a day in her life, but guys guys used to just give her stuff including me because she used to look good. Only I'm the sucker who married her. Let me tell you, being married to an aging party girl is no picnic. I'll get I'll get her a damn cockatoo and some flowers and call it a day. <laughs> <Cockatoo>. <laughs>
Maybe I could secretly train the bird to peck her in her neck and eat her jugular vein like a worm or whatever. LOL. I'm 100% joking. I'm 100% joking around, so don't get your panties in a bunch over a joke, my dear. Guys make jokes like that all the time. Honestly, she'll probably do herself in by taking a handful of pills at some point. Pampered Birds has some great birds. It's one-stop shopping if you want to buy a bird. You can get a bird, a cage, all sizes, bird seed, decorations, water things, the works. You can walk out of the store with everything you need to be a total bird owner. The staff is knowledgeable about birds, and they're good at recommending cages, perches, and other bird-related items. I rated it five stars because you can get everything for your bird there, including a bird. If you don't trust my judgment just because me and my stepdad cheat on our wives together, grow up. I do love my wife, but that's none of your business. That's not what this review is about. Uh, and, oh, uh, my God. So you, that was you, a long one. Did you write those in one go to stream a consciousness, or did you take a while on it? Or? No, no, yeah, that's just a... Yeah, you just write the review and get just out of there. You're uh, in the zone writing that stuff. Just write the I review just, and get out with it. Yeah. Botanica. Let me see if there's... The sad thing about that, that there's somebody who's reading that who's not a dumb person, but still thinks that's fucking real. You know, somebody will read that and say, holy fucking go tell all their friends, you got to read this review and fall for it 100%. Nah, they like know, that Matt. They know. They just, can't, they, just, they just can't have that kind of fucking behavior on there. Let me do... Okay, I'll do one more, and I, I do really have to go. Okay. Guys okay. texting oh me. Thank you very much, Brendan. Yeah. Uh, well, let me say, I mean, this is for me. At least it's something funny. Oh, my God. I just uh, Okay. So there's one speed dating. There's a speed dating thing. And then there's, let me do the speed dating thing. I, I won't. Uh, I feel like there's probably, I mean, there's a few good ones. It's 18 pages long. Uh, okay. Well, let me, I mean, it's big. It's probably not 18 pages if you printed it. Okay, speed, speed LA dating from uh, 2019. Removed by Yelp, it says. Um, my, my wife had to go out of town because her mother passed away recently. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but good riddance. Since my wife's sister is a useless hippy-dippy moron, my wife had to handle all the funeral arrangements, etc. So she was going to be gone for at least a week. I decided to check out Speed LA Dating to meet someone to have a fling with and possibly get some mud for my turtle if you catch my drift. Now, before you get all judgmental on me, let me explain a few things to you. One, I've been with my wife for a long time. Two, she has gained a bunch of weight. Three, we have a don't ask, don't tell policy as far as I'm concerned. Four, <laughs> variety is the spice of life. Five, it's 2019, so get with the times, Mother Teresa. Everybody cheats. <laughs> so anyway, I found a coupon online for this dating thing and decided to give it a whirl. I thought it would be a good way to meet a ton of women real fast, maybe even date two ladies in one day. Uh, they had the... They had the speed dating event at a bar slash restaurant, but honestly, it was kind of a sausage party. There were like 15 dudes and only four females. I don't want to get all political, but you know how women are always complaining that men make like a dollar more an hour than them or whatever? Well, when it comes to having sex, 
<laughs> well, when it comes to having sex, they could pretty much get it anytime, anywhere, whatever they want. Personally, I'll take a dollar hour or less if I could do that. I speed dated. I speed dated with four ladies and got all their numbers. But one of them had her septum pierced, the sleeve tattoo, and she went out to smoke a cigarette at one point. So you know she is 100% DTF and definitely a freak in the sack. So I focused my energy on her. There was a ponytail guy there who was also pursuing her hard as well, which was pretty annoying. But at the end of the night, I realized the bartender at the second bar was putting all our drinks on his tab. So that kind of worked out. He didn't seem to notice. And I got like five free vodka Red Bulls, which in LA is like at least $60. No lie. When we, when we left the bar, I didn't really know what my move would be. But she took control and invited both me and the other guy back to her place. Told you she was a freak. We were all pretty blitz. So I wanted to take an Uber. But she insisted on driving because she didn't want to leave her car. Me and the other guy decided to let her drive because we knew we were in store for a steamy night if we played our cards right. We didn't want to do anything to mess it up. She sideswiped the parked car on Sunset on our way to her place, but luckily nobody saw it, and we made it back to her place in one piece where we had some more drinks, and me and the other guy started kissing her, and no surprise, she was into it. I don't want to get into any graphic detail about what happened next, but we did everything you can imagine. Everything. Including, <laughs> including me and the ponytail guy doing stuff. <laughs> overall, overall, I give this place five stars because I got exactly what I wanted. And it was cheap because of the coupon and the ponytail guy paying for all my VRBs. Oh, my God. I'm definitely going to do it again, hopefully with me and two chicks next time. <laughs> I got to do something with uh, – yeah, that was like – that was great discovering those. It sounds um, like so much fun. I wish I had, I had the talent to do that. I could, uh, you've, got to put, you've got to put those out somehow. Record it. Stick them out. Even voice oh notes. Like throw them up somewhere. Book. Monetize that sucker, man. Just do it. it Carl's right. That's yeah. just an audio reading of all of them in a nice little audio. Book. I feel like it's better as a, as a printed thing. I mean, I, I think it's more enjoyable to read them. To be honest, uh, I can see that as well. But hearing it in your voice is also yeah. Awesome, that's, you know, I'm all congested. Yeah, maybe doing like a a reading. As a new man. Yeah, uh, like a book, like a poetry book, like um, like what um, oh, areas. Oh yeah. my god. Well, uh, I know you have to go, and we we appreciate this time more than I could say. And I know Andy. Thank you does very too. much, Brendan. Awesome and, man. And uh, big heart. Big hearts get rewarded so sooner or later, somehow, some way. The the universe will pay you back for uh, the generosity. Thank you for the laughs, Brandon. Oh, this is fine. I just you just you you should got to take it up with my sketch writing class. <laughs> okay, you uh, might sign up. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, who's next? Doug Stanhope. You're opening oh, up for him again tonight. <laughs> is he is he on the line already? Uh, he's not on the line, no. So if you want to hang out till he gets here, no, but... no, I got, I got to go. I'm already 20 minutes late. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be here any minute, though. But yeah, all right. Take care, Brendan. Thank cool. you very much, man. Thanks for the last, Brendan. Yeah, fantastic. Take care. Bye. I love mine dog. I love you. <laughs> I love having the dog be the best friend of my mind.